This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Join the conversation and message Buck on Facebook, Instagram, or email teambuck at iheartmedia.com. He may read it on the show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt. Oh my, so much today. Bumbling Biden town hall. He seems to think that spending trillions, the government spending trillions, will reduce inflation. Not a joke. Not a joke, as he says. The Delta variant panic is spreading. They want to mask up your kids, and the January 6th commission is a sham, but we were expecting nothing less. Before I, I get into all that, what pillow are you sleeping on right now? What towels are you using? They're not as good as my pillow and my towels. I've known Mike Lindell for years now, and his team has got some of the best products for your home you could possibly find anywhere. I sleep on a MyPillow. I've also got the mattress topper, the MyPillow sheets, the Giza Dream sheets, actually. Their towels, their slippers, all fantastic. You should give them a try and see for yourself. Listeners to this show have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is, and Mike Lindell wants to give it all back to you as much as he can. You can get great discounts on MyPillow products by going to MyPillow.com right now and clicking on radio listener specials, okay? You're going to see rotational offers of up to 66% off on products like their pillows, mattress topper, and Giza sheets, but also new products like slippers, weighted blankets, robes, waffle blankets, and more. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code BUCK for these great radio specials. Joe Biden wants masks to make a big comeback. That much is for sure. He is all about it. He thinks that masks are are necessary for us. In fact, at his town hall last night on CNN, which they were all, oh, Joe Biden's so amazing. He's so amazing. No one really thinks that. I, I wonder, I mean, how much would how much would you have to get paid, you think, to be on TV, to do to publicly debase yourself? in order to pretend that you think Joe Biden is not a moron. I do wonder, like, what, what would the price be for just a every, everyday folks? And look, he, here's the, the biggest stuff from the town hall was COVID and the, and the economy. Okay, those are the two areas that everyone's dialed in on. Let's start with the COVID stuff, because the Delta variant, as we're not told, is what, over 80% of new cases and They keep saying people who aren't vaccinated are in danger. And to this, I say we live in a free society. Everyone has had a chance to get vaccinated. We all know what Biden and the health apparatus of this country and a lot of Republicans do, by the way, think, which is go get vaccinated. All right. They've made this very clear. So why is it that we have to be in this place that we're getting lectured every day as though that's going to help. Well, because masking is a religion. It is. It's a religion uh, for Democrats now. You mask, even if it's very unlikely to do anything good for you, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's annoying, even though it's an inconvenience and has little to no benefit of any kind against COVID-19, they not only want you to mask, here's Biden saying your kid should mask play one everyone over the age of under the age of 12 should probably be wearing a mask in school that's probably what's going to happen 
Secondly, those over the age of 12 who are able to get vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't wear a mask. If you aren't vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask. If you aren't vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask. If you are under the age of 12, you should be wearing a mask. This is why I didn't want to give up the fight on this stuff, my friends. This is why I kept talking about it. This is why I didn't let it go. This is why I was such a believer so early on in making sure that we stick to the facts and the data, no matter what kind of pressure they put on us, no matter how much they try to insist that there is some kind of consensus that overrides any questions you could have. Got to wear a mask. And he says that a big part of this is restoring faith in government, because that's what we're supposed to believe Biden is doing by having this half wit mediocrity. As the president of the United States, you're going to believe that government is better. But what has the government done that makes anything better under the Biden administration? What has improved? Well, here he is telling you that the vaccine ties directly into all this play, too. One of the things I said when I ran for office, it's not Democrat, Republican again, is you've got to restore faith in government. You've got to get people to the point where they trust government. And I made a commitment that when I made a mistake, I'd tell you. And I've made mistakes. And when I think I got it right, I'll say it. But I'll take responsibility for what I do and say. Part of it is just generally, no, I don't mean that. Part of it is generally raising confidence in elected officials, raising confidence. Oh, my gosh. This guy's whole shtick really does get so old after a while. The whole, oh, you know, no, no, folks, you know, no joke. Gosh, gee, golly, you know, I'm just 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 good old Joe, you know, just been around a long time. You know, I'm a guy. I'm a guy you have a beer with. And I sit next to you and I, I mumble some stuff. Not a joke. And, uh, you know, you can talk to me. Uh, it's, it's all about the middle class and jobs. And that's what the people that write the things for me tell me to say. Jobs. Middle class. You know, going to make sure you, you know, millionaires pay pay more. You know, they, they can afford it. They can afford it. Yeah. I mean, this guy, you notice he could have been saying, and he has been saying the same stuff for 40 years. It's just the most warmed over malarkey. It's just pablum. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything. It's absurd. It's absurd. But this is what he does. This is what he says. <sighs> it does get so frustrating after a while, doesn't it? That everyone in the Democrat Party walks around acting like this guy is not. He's exactly what we thought he would be. Joe Biden is exactly what we said he would be. Hey, you know, here I am doing my thing, being a guy, talking about the stuff, you know. And yet the socialist wing of the Democrat Party gets to run around running interference for the Cuban communists, trying to teach your kids critical race theory in schools. You know, Biden just acts as as a shield for the Democrats, because I mean, how could this how could this uh just mediocre geezer be a big threat to the country. And that's really been the uh, that's really been the pitch all along for Biden. But it's really on the economy where people just said, what the heck is this 
loon talking about. I mean, this was the mo- one of the most memorable. P- Producer Mark. Oh, you know, we, we, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. The most memorable part of it was when he was rambling. Just you got to hear it to believe this is the president of the United States. I want to be I want to be very, uh, very clear here. We're over 330 million Americans right now. And we only get one president for four years, assuming Joe doesn't step down, let Kamala take over. Only one president. Is this really the best we can do? Play nine. That's underway, just like the other question is illogical. And I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are. Why can't the 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 experts say we know that this virus is, in fact, uh, um, uh, it's is, is going to be. Oh, or excuse me, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. That's underway, too. I expect that to occur quickly. Well, that means you mean for the FDA, for the FDA. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's the guy who's the president of the United States. That's the guy who, if we had to go to war with China, would be the commander in chief making key decisions. I mean, this is the best the Democrats can do. They complain so much about Trump for four years. Oh, he's not a he's not an academic. He's not a scholar. They said, oh, Trump is so dumb. That's what they used to say. Trump is definitely smarter than Joe Biden. No one's ever thought Biden was a very bright guy. And I don't like to be mean. I really don't. I don't like making fun of the fact that he's clearly quasi senile. And I don't like making fun of the fact that he's dumb, but he is. He's not a smart guy. No joke. You know, he's just he's just been playing this role and he's been in it for so long. And he's part of this class of boomers who just never want to focus on their families and, you know, help their communities, read books, take some time for themselves, enjoy life. No, they, they just they need to have their little grasping fingers on power until the very last moment on Earth. I mean, this is true of Biden and Pelosi and uh, Diane Feinstein, you know, you know, 80s, maybe getting to the 90s, still have to be a United States senator. Nobody else could do this job. It's not the way the system's supposed to work. I'm just going to say this. People that have very, very little time left should be focused on what they as people are doing with that time in their own lives and not trying to wield power over as many other people as possible. But and we now have a political system that feels more like a feudal system where there are lords and you know kings and queens and ladies and waiting and all that stuff. I mean, there's just this whole apparatus of power and control. It's depressing, but it's there. You see it. And Biden's obviously a part of it. So, yeah, he muttered some stuff. But then when he got into his economic side of things, that's when there was really, really some uh, eyebrows. I mean, other than the muttering nonsense. Play six. The economy is picking up significantly. It's rational when you think about it. The cost of an automobile is kind of back to what it was before the pandemic. We compare what the prices were for the last year in the pandemic, and they are up. They're up because, in fact, there was not much to call for. For example, automobiles. You know, you had the rental car companies selling off their entire stock. 
you found yourself in the same way with automobile dealers. And all of a sudden now it's coming back. We're going to grow at 7% as expected. We, we created more jobs in the first six months of my, our administration than any time in American history. No president's ever, no administration's ever created as many jobs. Joe Biden didn't create anything. We were in a pandemic. We had to shut down by government order a lot of businesses and activity. And we started to come out of the pandemic. So people started doing their jobs and doing things again. If you look at the decision making from Biden and those in his immediate orbit, what you find very quickly is that the things that they've done, the decisions that they've made have largely made things worse. Here you go. Here's the extent of Biden's knowledge of economics. Play seven. Look, here's the deal. Moody's today, when our Wall Street firm, not some liberal think tank, said if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, because we're going to be providing good opportunities and jobs for people who, in fact, are going to be reinvesting that money back in all the things we're talking about, driving down prices, not raising prices. It really was like the robot had a short circuit there for a second. Reduce inflation, reduce inflation, reduce inflation. It's not going to reduce inflation. And Joe Biden doesn't even know how inflation works. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this is you've got people who are calling the shots in this White House, who are ideologues, who are part of the elite class in this country that spend so much time giving lip service and doing virtue signaling to social justice and critical race theory, but they just want to stay rich and they want to be in charge. Um, that's, that's what really matters to them. All that other stuff is just a means to an end. Biden was also asked last night about the border and specifically when Kamala said, do not come, here is what he said, play 10. Vice President Harris said to Guatemalans, don't come. Recently, you have indicated you are in favor of refugees coming to this country. Could you please explain your administration's basic stance on immigration? Yes, they should not come. What we're trying to set up is in the countries like in, in particular the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, etc., We are setting up in those countries, if you seek asylum in the United States, you can seek it from the country. So now they're telling you that they they're they're wanting them to seek asylum in the country. Right. Refugees are are people that are trying to apply over there. That's called the refugee. Asylum is when you just arrive and say, you got to take me. Biden, I don't know if he knows that difference, but he should. But what we've really seen here is that they are they're pretending at the border. Biden's administration is pretending they don't know what's really happening, because what's really going on here, what's really happening is that the people who are coming to our border aren't asylum seekers. They are line jumpers in our immigration system. They're not seeking asylum. Very, very few of them actually are legitimate asylum seekers and very very few of them when their claims if their claims are ever adjudicated and of those who have had claims adjudicated will be found to be legitimate asylum seekers what they are is predominantly poor people from the third world who want to be in america because this is a wealthy country where standard of living is high 
And so our immigration system is effectively turned into a joke. No, not a joke. No, it is a joke, Joe. Not a joke. Our immigration system is made a mockery of. And then when it comes to people who might be fleeing Cuba, where there is legitimate oppression, there is a legitimate uprising and political crackdown underway. The Democrats are saying, oh, no, don't don't come here, Cubans. Don't do we, we don't want you to show up and cause problems. Well, why is that? Cubans are uh, from Latin America. They are. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you have to say there are Cubans who are many different ethnicities, uh, about 30 or 40 percent of Cuba is black. But the point I'm trying to make is that they're considered non, you know, non-white insofar as they're Latino. And yet the Democrats, all of a sudden, those Latinos are not top of the priority list for Democrats to bring into the country. Why is that? Well, because Cubans have seen what socialism is like. They've experienced what it is to have government officials who think that they should be in control of everything and tell them what they can and can't do all the time. And sure enough, they don't like it. They understand what the misery of collectivism is can be they understand what that what that can bring and what's their response to it they don't want it and therefore you have a pretty sizable number of uh, cubans who vote republican so it's it's all it all comes back to this it's all about power it's all about power that's the biggest thing oh and then biden was asked about crime and this i thought was a deeply dishonest answer from him play 12 How will you address gun violence from a federal point of view to actually bring about change and make our local cities safer? Now, I'm not being a wise guy. There's no reason you should. Have you seen my gun violence legislation I've introduced? As you know, because you're so involved, actually crime is down. Gun violence and murder rates are up. Guns. I'm the only guy that ever got passed legislation when I was a senator to make sure we eliminated assault weapons. The idea you need a weapon that can have the ability to fire 20, 30, 40, 50, 120 shots from that weapon, whether it's a whether it's a nine millimeter pistol or whether it's a rifle is ridiculous. Oh, is, is that really what the problem is? 90 percent of gun violence comes from standard handguns. Not with any special chainsaw bayonets, not from any, you know. So if you're not going to get rid of handguns, you're not doing anything really to deal with gun violence. And you can't get rid of handguns because then you're getting rid of the Second Amendment. So what is this? What is this fool muttering about? Why do we have to sit through this and act like what he's saying is anything other than absurd? Because it is. But uh, this is the the Democrats live in an alternate universe. I, I don't know what it will take for them to figure out that gun violence legislation is not uh, something that's going to be uh, changing any of the crime trajectory, just like it never has in the past. But these days, you can see the market can have huge swings, and you want to be on the right side of things. You want expertise at your side whenever you're trading in the market. Because I know a lot of you have accounts. I do. I mean, I've got my uh, Vanguard account. I've got uh, E-Trade, and you know, I'm, I'm making moves in the markets. But I want to have people with deep knowledge and who do this all day, all the time with a proven track record of success to help guide me. That's why I use carnivore trading. 
Carnivore Trading is an anonymous team of elite strategists. They're legends among Wall Street heavy hitters, and they've gone a bit rogue. For the first time, they're inviting everyday folks like us to see and mirror their explosive trades. Sound too good to be true? Carnivore Trading will let you see their trades right now for two weeks free. Go to GetOurTrades.com and use promo code BUCK for two free weeks. And if you join, you'll get Carnivore's industry-leading promise you'll generate three times your fees after your annual paid subscription, or you'll get a 100% refund. Go to GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. That's GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. See website for guarantee terms and conditions, past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. The January 6th Commission. It's a joke. It's a sham. But it's going to be used to attack Republicans in a whole bunch of ways. This is a big pitch for the Democrats going into this uh, midterm election year next year. They'll just say you're either with us or you're with the insurrection. That will be the straightforward way that they try to break all of this down. That's what they're going to do. Uh, Minority Leader McCarthy is not happy with the fact that in this whole process, they uh, have had Nancy Pelosi already block two members of the Republican side of things, Jim Jordan and Jim Banks. Here's Kevin McCarthy breaking it down for you. Seventeen. Speaker Pelosi has taken the unprecedented step of denying the minority party's picks for the select committee on January 6th. This represents something that has not happened in the House before for a select committee by the historian. It's an egregious abuse of power. Pelosi has broken this institution, made it undeniable this panel has lost all legitimacy and credibility. And it shows exactly what I warned back at the beginning of January, that Pelosi would play politics with this. Pelosi has created a sham process. Unless Speaker Pelosi reverses course and seats all five Republicans, we will not participate. We will run our own investigation. We will not participate. We'll run our own investigation. And then, of course, this just turns into what it was going to be anyway, which is just one big partisan food fight. There's no interest in the Democrat side here in having a bipartisan commission that will honestly look at anything. We all know it. It is a sham process, just like the two impeachments against Trump were sham processes. Doesn't make any sense what they're doing, except under political terms. And when you think about what the Democrats have done in recent years, their actions, the way they've conducted themselves, now they're going to be the great defenders of, uh, of our norms and institutions. They're going to be the great defenders of democracy. Jim Jordan, who was blocked from the committee by Nancy Pelosi, says, uh, you got to be kidding me. Play it. The Democrats normalize anarchy. They normalize rioting and looting. And when rioters and looters attacked our law enforcement personnel, when rioters and looters destroyed small businesses, what do Democrats do? They went out and raised money to bail them out of jail, and they continue to talk about defunding the police, and in fact did that in all these major urban areas, which is why crime is up. So they don't want to talk about that stuff. They just want to be partisan. They just want to continue to attack the former president. They want to play their political game. So I applaud Leader McCarthy for saying we're going to do our job. We're going to continue to work and get to the bottom and answer the questions that the leader raised, the questions that, frankly, the American people want answers to. 
I have questions that I want answers to or things that I would like to know. For example, why can't we see all the footage from that day? Why can't we see all the footage of what happened? They should just release it. It's public. Uh, it's public property owned by the government. There's no reason they can't they can't show us the surveillance footage. I, I want to see. I want to see how dangerous this insurrection really was. I want to see all of it. I don't want to see just the parts that CNN picked. Why won't they release it? Why won't they release the name of the person, the Capitol Hill police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt in the neck? Why not? Why can't we know if it was a legal shoot authorized an acceptable use of force? There's no reason for them not to tell us. There's no downside to it. So I want to know. I want to know, but they won't tell us. Well, now when I say there's no downside to it, I should say there's clearly they know what the downside is. We'll know more of the truth, but there's no legitimate reason not to tell us. There's no legitimate reason to withhold that. They're just withholding it. And why were there no efforts from Capitol Hill police early on or from other security agencies to get more reinforcements to the United States Capitol. I mean, if it was just incompetence, well, then we should know that. But if it was something else going on, we certainly should know that as well. But this is not about getting to the truth. This is about using it as a political weapon against the other side. Here's Representative Jim Banks, Play 19. She knows that we're already asking questions in just the two, the first couple of days that Leader McCarthy appointed us to this task. Questions that Democrats have never asked about why the Capitol was vulnerable on that day when we had intelligence for weeks leading up to January 6th that told us that something dangerous would happen on January 6th. She knew we would fight back against their political games, and that's why she didn't want us to participate in this committee. It just goes to show this is entirely a political exercise on her part. It's not an exercise in finding the facts, and that's what's, that's what's unfortunate about the Speaker's move. It begs the question that all of us should be asking what is the speaker afraid of? What is she afraid of? What is she afraid of? I think the answer is obvious. The truth or truth. Some of it that she doesn't want to get out there because it's so much easier. It's so preferable to have CNN constantly convincing the Democrat audience that watches that what happened was the worst thing since the Civil War, the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. I mean, think about this. To speak about what happened on January 6th in the same breath as the Civil War is like saying that a person who runs a red light is the same as a person who mows down 50 people in a car in a terrorist attack. You'd say, well, hold on. Yeah, one of them involved mass casualties and and terror and it was horrible. And, you know, the other was just a violation But they're both crimes. They both involve cars. So I guess it's all the same thing. The total lack of proportionality and context is a form of dishonesty all its own, which is why they use it, which is why they are such uh, proponents of it. One more thing I want to throw in here. Secretary of Defense Austin, General Milley. They were they recently were asked about uh, well, they were testifying and they asked about talked about CRT play 16. Critical race theory is not something that this department 
teaches, professes, embraces. You've also heard uh, a couple of uh, people at academic institutions say that, you know, they have required this to be reading for their students in, in specific courses. But because that's the case, does not mean that this department embraces this theory. I'm not going to address specifically white rage or black rage or Asian rage or Irish rage or English rage or German rage or any other rage, right? But I do think it's important that we as a professional military not only understand foreign countries and foreign cultures and foreign societies, that's important that we do that, but we also need to understand our own society and understand the soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, uh, and the society they're coming from. Got to understand the society, he says. And that means indoctrination via critical race theory. That's what we're supposed to think. That's what we're supposed to take from all of this. Or at least believe that critical race theory has a place in all of, in all of our lives, in our day-to-day. It's, uh, it's so troubling to see how this is, has become a part of what's going on in the military. It's very, very discouraging. Every institution of American life at some level now has to contend with this kind of indoctrination. And every uh, level of American life, I think, is unfortunately receiving pressure from the wokeness. Some places are overtaken by it. It only goes away if we fight back, if we push back. Tomorrow, I'll get more into the, the, ma- the mask fights, although I do find this to be it's hard to want to spend a lot of time on it for the reason that anyone who doesn't see that masks are not an effective tool at stopping the spread of COVID-19 just refuses to observe what is plain and obvious. You know, I, I can walk you outside. I can point you at the sky and ask you, is it blue? And if you just keep saying it's green, it's green, it's green at some point, you start to wonder, what can I really do here? That's how I feel about the maskers, the mask maniacs. That's why L.A. and now other places that are considering it, the federal government push on this. They, they are suffering from a real mental illness. They're suffering from a real anxiety disorder induced by COVID and the mainstream media's panic around it. I just hope we can get through it all together. Team, thanks for being here with me. Tomorrow we'll be hanging out doing great things on Freestyle Friday. Definitely going to do some roll calls. So remember, send uh, messages into facebook.com slash Buck Sexton, or you can email us teambuck at iheartmedia.com. Uh, let me know what you think about the new Clay and Buck show. If you got any thoughts on that, please send them in. want to hear what your thoughts are there. And producer Mark and I will do some roll call with you tomorrow. Shields high.